Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You. I'm your host, Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Israel Team has gathered a group of leaders from the world of sports, theology, business, law, and Israel advocacy in order to bring awareness to Christians concerning the alarming rise of anti-Semitism in America. Our main work is on evangelical college campuses. Recent study by LifeWay Publishers about American evangelical support of Israel shows a major decline in millennial support of Israel. Millennials are 18 to 34-year-olds. And this is a crisis for the church. It's a crisis for Israel to think that within 10 years, evangelicalism could very well be anti-Israel if we continue on this uh, present spiral downward. We help students understand their Christian faith is rooted in Jewish thought. Today in the program, we're going to talk about the subject of the Holocaust. First part of the program, I'm going to ask you a question. Could there be another Holocaust against the Jews? This is unthinkable, but we want to look at this question. The second half, we're going to interview Dr. Marlene Warshawski-Yahalom, the Director of Education for the U.S. Society of Yad Vashem. Yad Vashem is the Holocaust Museum and Memorial in Jerusalem, Israel. So could the Holocaust happen again? Well, Hitler didn't act alone. Question is, who helped him? Who poured the gas into the gas chambers? The shocking truth is, Germany was a Christian nation. Many of the great hymns of the church came from Germany. In fact, at Nazi party rallies, uh, they sang, A mighty fortress is our God. On every belt of every German soldier were the German words, Gott mit uns, which meant God is with us. When a young German soldier died in battle, his parents received a card from Adolf Hitler, a picture of an angel carrying their son, up into the arms of Christ. The great theologians came from Germany. Uh, Gerard Kittel wrote Kittel's Works of the New Testament, which is still in many seminaries required reading today. In 1935, he wrote a book entitled The Answer to Our Jewish Problem. And he had four solutions of what to do with German Jews. One of those solutions was extermination. It might be painful to accept, but the truth is, It was baptized Christians, both Catholics and Protestants, who committed the genocide of six million Jews. And yes, there were righteous from the nations, from throughout Europe that protected Jews during the Holocaust. But in Germany and throughout Europe, many Christians were responsible for the genocide of Jews. Who poured the Ziklong B gas into the gas chambers? mainly young college-aged Germans, the millennials of their day, baptized Christians. 3,700 German female guards were in the death camps, mostly young, baptized women. Uh, 50,000 male guards uh, throughout the death camps, many of them were baptized Christian young men. How is this possible? 
Well, in 1933, 63% of the German population were church-going Protestants. About 25% of Germans were Catholics. A weekly Protestant religious newspaper called the Sondensblatter was filled with anti-Jewish themes. Between 1918 and 1933, a survey of 68 Sondensblatters show that Christian anti-Semitism was a major theme. They talked about subjects like the Jews are the natural enemies of the German Christians and national tradition. The Jews have caused the collapse of our Christian moral order. Jews were the author of a variety of evils affecting German culture. In Catholic publications in the same time frame, they justified the desire to eliminate the Jewish alien bodies from Germany. In both Catholic and Protestant publications, the hatred of the Jew was no different than the Nazis. When Hitler came to power, 70 to 80% of Protestant pastors aligned themselves with the anti-Semitic German National People's Party, better known as the Nazis. As Jewish children were being driven from the nation's schools, as Jewish scientists from the nation's scientific organizations, Jewish government employees and teachers from their jobs, the message was clear. Pastors and Christians had no objection. Hitler waited until he saw that Christians and denominations would offer no objections. Then he struck. The record is clear. Never once did any German bishop, Catholic or Protestant, speak out publicly on behalf of the Jews. The religious leaders, bishops, priests, pastors, seminary professors were Germans first and men and women of God second. So powerful was their anti-Semitism, they could not say that the Jews were part of the human race and declare to their flocks that God's moral law could not be rejected in the treatment of Jews. In one Protestant publication, the Duch Christian, in the person of the Fuhrer, it says, Adolf Hitler, we behold the one sent from God who places Germany in the presence of the Lord of history. An evangelical Protestant church uh, leader proclaimed, it was Hitler who had translated Christianity out of theory into unique praxis. We German Christians are the first trench line of national socialism. To live and fight and die for Adolf Hitler means to say yes to the path of Jesus Christ. An evangelical church leaders council produced this proclamation. The unchangeable will of God meets us in the total reality of our life as it is illuminated by God's revelation. It binds everyone to the natural orders in which we are subjects, such as family, nation, and race. In this knowledge, we thank God, the Lord, that he has given to our people in its need a leader, Adolf Hitler, as a pious and faithful sovereign. Father Wilhelm Schmidt embraced the Nazi hatred of Jews. He said this, No honest man can any longer deny that Judaism wants to destroy us. To help ensure that this does not happen is the task and duty of every German Christian today. Bishop Martin Sass celebrated Martin Luther's birthday with these words. On November 10th, 1938, on Luther's birthday, the synagogues are burning in Germany. By the time the gas chambers were ignited, German Christians had come to the conclusion that exterminating the Jews was actually an act of mercy. They called it humane extermination. In his book, Mein Kampf, Hitler said, By defending myself against the Jews, I'm fighting for the work of the Lord. 
After Hitler's death, his work of murdering six million Jews was celebrated by Christians. Cardinal Bertram sent out an order to the churches in his archdiocese in May 1945 and proclaimed that a solemn requiem mass be held to honor Adolf Hitler so that his and Hitler's flocks could pray that the Almighty Son, Adolf Hitler, be admitted into paradise. The Protestant theologian Karl Barth was one of few German theologians, including Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that was not an anti-Semite and did not embrace Nazism. He saw the hatred in Christians towards Jews and left Germany in 1935. His verdict of Christianity in Germany, for the millions that suffer unjustly, the confessing church does not yet have a heart. After the war, the German Protestant theologian Martin Niemöller gave a lecture in Zurich in 1946, and he said this, Christianity in Germany bears a greater responsibility before God than the Nazis, the National Socialists, the SS, and the Gestapo. We ought to have recognized the Lord Jesus in the brother who suffered and was persecuted despite him being a Jew. Are not we Christians much more to blame? Am I not much more guilty than many who bathe their hands in blood? What drove German Christians to embrace anti-Semitism? What drove them to move from expulsion of the Jews from Germany to extermination? It was replacement theology, also known as triumphalism. The church has triumphed over the Jew, that they have superseded the Jew. This theology died after the Holocaust, but remarkably, it's made a breathtaking return in our time. Could baptized Christians lead another Holocaust against Jews? Yes, it's happening before our eyes. 90% of the Church of England, they are preaching the same theology, replacement theology, that Germany preached for 20 years prior to the Holocaust. The BDS movement, the boycott, divestment, and sanction of Jews living in Israel is being driven today by mainline denominations in America. Christ of the Checkpoint is an evangelical uh, organization that is calling for the expulsion of Jews today from Israel. One of the authors of our new book that Israel team is publishing is entitled The Casualty of Contempt. Her name is uh, Brittany Berchet. She's a millennial graduate student studying the Holocaust at a university in Israel. Brittany recently attended Christ of the Checkpoint that met in Oklahoma, and she co-wrote an article for Jewish News she was appalled by the anti-Semitism she witnessed at the Christ at the Checkpoint, again, an evangelical conference. She quotes one of the speakers at the conference who said, if you are called an anti-Semite, that is your cross to bear. And is it really that heavy of a cross? He went on to say, there are many Holocausts. We should not refer to the Jewish Holocaust with a capital H. She quotes Stephen Zeiser, one of the evangelical leaders and founders of Christ the Checkpoint, who promotes Holocaust denial and that the Jews were responsible for 9-11. He says this, the Jewish people are not chosen and the land of Israel is not holy. A few years ago, Stephen Zeiser, evangelical, proclaimed, any Christian who supports Zionism, what is Zionism? It's the Jews living in the land of Israel. He says they have repudiated Jesus, they've repudiated the Bible, and they are an abomination. Brittany concludes her article by saying the return of Christian anti-Semitism is something Christians of all denominations must condemn 
and be able to recognize, and I say amen to what Brittany has said. Israel team does presentations on evangelical college campuses. We're trying to turn the tide, and the pushback is actually breathtaking. One biblical professor I sat down with for lunch talking about Israel and replacement theology, he looked me square in the eye and he said, Aaron, I have to tell you, I am a replacement theologian. I see no use for the Jewish people or the land of Israel in in God's end time purposes. Dr. Gary Burge, who's a New Testament professor at a major uh, evangelical university, he wrote a book entitled Whose Land, Whose Promise? He basically says that the Abrahamic covenant that God made with Abraham and the Jewish people has been nullified and denied. And Burge goes on to say in his book, Whose Land, Whose Promise, the land of Israel is no longer an intrinsic part to play in God's program for the world. Whatever the land of Israel meant in the Old Testament, whatever the promise contained, this now belongs to Christians. You see, he's driven by replacement theology and his rejection of Israel and the Jewish people. Burge goes on to say, the people of Israel cannot claim to be planted as vines in the land of Israel. They cannot be rooted in the vineyard unless first they're grafted into Jesus. Listen to this. He says, branches, speaking of Jews, attempting to live in the land of Israel, which refuse to be attached to Jesus, will be cast out and burned. For an evangelical seminary professor in our time to call for the burning of Jews if they don't convert to Christianity is frightening. Shockingly, this book by Dr. Gary Burge, Whose Land, Whose Promise, when it came out, received the award of merit from the flagship publication of evangelicalism, Christianity Today. Israel team needs your help. I'm asking you today to invest in the younger generation. Israel team is standing against the tide of anti-Semitism in our day. I'm asking you today to go to IsraelTeam.org, and if you can help us, we do media podcasts, we mentor students, we do college campus presentations, and I'm asking you to go to IsraelTeam.org and help us in this fight in rising anti-Semitism within evangelicalism. You can go there, IsraelTeam.org, and press the donate button and help us as we stand in this fight against the rise of Christian anti-Semitism. This month, we're giving you a, a gift of the ancient Jewish concept of blessing. You make a donation of any size, you receive a code, and you can download this beautiful 15-page booklet on the concept of blessing. Coming up is Dr. Marlene Yahalom from Yad Vashem. Hi, this is Aaron Free, president of Israel Team Advocates. You've just heard my heartbeat about helping the church, especially millennials, understand their roots are deeply embedded in Hebraic thought. We do presentations on evangelical college campuses. We talk about questions like we just asked, could the Holocaust ever happen again? We show that, that many of the guards and the death camps were young millennial Germans of their day. And we do roundtable discussions with uh, seminary professors, college professors, to talk about this issue of 
the rise of Christian anti-Semitism. Uh, we do media and podcasts and do this radio program. We're publishing a book entitled Casualty of Contempt. It's about the rise of Christian anti-Semitism. Some of the authors include Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University, Coach Dale Brown from LSU, Jay Seculo, Chief Counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice, Stuart Roth, Senior Counsel of the American Center for Law and Justice, Dr. Marlene Yahalom, who's with us today from Yad Vashem. She contributed a chapter to this book. So I'm asking you today if you'll help us. This is a crisis for both Israel and the church. If the church rejects their root system, Paul the Apostle said uh, they would be cut off. And so I'm asking you to help us communicate to millennials across America uh, what the significance of this rise of Christian anti-Semitism is all about. You can go to IsraelTeam.org, press the donate button, and this month for a donation of any size, we'll give you a a code after your donation and you'll be able to download a beautiful 15-page manual on the forgotten blessing, the ancient Jewish concept of blessing. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Welcome to Israel and You. This is Aaron Free, your host, and our special guest today is Marlene Warshawski Yahalom. She's PhD, is the Director of Education for the American Society for Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Jerusalem, Israel. She is responsible for educational outreach and programs, professional development, teacher training, student programming, and traveling exhibitions to raise the public's awareness of the lessons of the Holocaust. Marlene earned her Ph.D. at Columbia University and wrote her thesis on the role of archives in remembering the Holocaust, a study in collective memory. Marlene is a child and grandchild of Holocaust survivors. Marlene, welcome to Israel and You. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for being with us, Marlene. And you are a child of uh, Holocaust survivors, your your mom and dad, your grandparents. Can you tell us a little about their story of survival? Sure. Thank you for asking. Uh, It's really an honor to be here. Uh, Thank you again for inviting me. Uh, My two parents, Judy and Asi Warshawski, and all four of my grandparents thankfully survived the Holocaust. Uh, My father's parents, Rosa and Isaac Warshawski, were hidden uh, in Belgium, in Brussels, by a a Gentile couple. My father was a hidden child in uh, a monastery in Belgium. My mother's parents, Esther and Harry Rosemarine, went through several concentration camps. And my mother, Judy Warshawski, was very young, and she uh, was in... uh, forced labor camps, building ammunition for the German army. And thankfully, they all survived. That's a wonderful story, and thank God for for the fact that they did survive and you could have them in your life all these years. And uh, Marlene, you contributed a chapter to a book that Israel Team is uh, publishing entitled The Casualty of Contempt. And in that chapter, you said something that, uh, as I read through it, just grabbed me uh, in my heart. And you said the mission of Yad Vashem is to keep the memory of the victims alive. And 
Why is it so important to tell the story of the Holocaust? Uh, it's so important to tell the story of the Holocaust because it's such an important part of world history, both for the Jewish nation and uh, actually everybody else. Uh, the Holocaust was the product of an evil dictatorship in Germany that the main uh, aim of the, this dictatorship, Nazi Germany, was to destroy the Jewish people. And if you just understand the Holocaust from that sentence, you really don't get the full picture of the history of the Jewish people and what was destroyed and the the magnitude of the destruction. So at Yad Vashem, we approach teaching the Holocaust starting from life before the war to introduce the world to the rich culture and civilization of Jewish life in Europe that existed for centuries uh, before 1939. Then we talk about the actual destruction itself and then rebirth and resilience after the war. And the main point is to give a human face to every Holocaust victim. So when we say we want to keep the memory of the victims alive, we want to keep the memory of the victims before they were born, where they were born, the communities that existed, the contributions they made. We want to speak about the horrific war years and uh, see what lessons we can learn from such evil situations because even though such destruction took place, there were still many, many people that still had a moral compass and were able to save Jewish lives during the war. So we want to talk about the rescuers as well. And we want to talk about life after the war because we want to show the strength of the Jewish people because they rebuilt uh, their lives and uh, restarted and are such a primary example of incredible resilience and resistance. You know, for, for those of us, uh, Marlene, that have lost family in the Holocaust, my, my own family uh, perished in Trostanets, Belarus, and uh, Shlomo and Sima Boxerman and all of their children and grandchildren, uh, when the Nazis went into the Ukraine, uh, they used the Eisengruppen, which were basically wolf packs of young German – actually the millennials of their day, college-age students that, that went from house to house rounding up Jewish people. And these young men rounded up my family and they brought them out to the roadside. They had to dig their own grave and they were machine gunned to death. And, and one of the reason why we have this story is because uh, Uncle Herschel, he was hit in the neck but it didn't hit his carotid artery and he survived and was able to escape and tell the rest of the family what had happened. But oftentimes we, we emphasize on, on how destructive the Holocaust was. But in your chapter in your book, you took – Talk about the the issue that we need to emphasize what was lost, not just how it was lost. What do you what do you mean by this? Uh, what I mean by that is um, we really have to understand uh, the goals and objectives of the Nazi Party. They wanted to erase every trace of the Jewish people from the planet, so uh, they physically destroyed the city, the Jewish uh, people of Europe, but they went to a lot of trouble to destroy traces of Jews. So uh, Judaica artifacts were destroyed, books were burned, houses were burned. So uh, in order to fully understand um, the impact of the Holocaust, we really have to see 
how Jews are presented in this whole horrific historical circumstance. So if we just look at one time frame of the Holocaust and look at the Jews as being um, imprisoned, tortured, and discriminated against, and eventually murdered, we don't really see the full picture of the bravery of the Jewish people. So we first need to understand the civilization that developed in Europe, the Jewish civilization, the Jewish communities that were lost, to see the rich life that took place before, to see how even during the Holocaust, tradition was still kept in the concentration camps, in the ghettos. There's much research on this that could be found on the Yad Vashem website, yadvashem.org. And then we have to see the rebirth of the Jewish people after the Holocaust, how they returned to to tradition and are a thriving people today, despite the six million lives that were taken. Marlene, you're the director of education for the American Society of Yad Vashem. So how do, how do Christian parents educate their children about the Holocaust? Does Yad Vashem offer educational material on their website? How can churches, Christian schools, homeschool parents get involved in Holocaust education? Thank you for that question. Uh, we welcome everyone to uh, use our resources and enrich their knowledge about the Holocaust. We portray the Holocaust as um, an episode that had four categories of players, the perpetrators, the bystanders, the rescuers, and the victims. So if you go on to the Yad Vashem website, uh, yadvashem.org, uh, you will find uh, many links in the education section of how to learn more from the archival archive information at Yad Vashem. If you go on the website of the American Society for Yad Vashem, yadvashemusa.org, you can contact me that way and we can uh, offer teacher training, professional development, and an introduction and guidance through the resources that Yad Vashem offers. So uh, your question um, specifically about Christian families, I suggest... Um, you would probably find it very valuable and interesting to look into this section that talks about rescuers. These are the righteous among the nations that were so brave and kind to risk their own lives to save Jewish lives during the war. And I say this because it's very important for the non-Jewish community to find a direct connection and a, a direct link uh, to the Holocaust. It's not just a topic that Jews should learn about. And there were nearly 27,000 righteous among the nations that at great risk to their own lives and their families saved many, many Jewish lives. Uh, honoring righteous among the nations is one of the missions of Yad Vashem. You know, one of those righteous of the nations is Corey Tenboom, which is a great story. And, you know, for all the Christian parents that are listening today, it's an issue of education. And so many of our children don't understand what actually took place and what was lost in the Holocaust. So thank you, Marlene, for being a part of uh, Israel and you today. We so appreciate the work of Yad Vashem. And this month we have a special gift for all of you that would like to contribute to the work of Israel team on college campuses. It's a four-week study on our topic for this month, the ancient Jewish concept of blessing. So if you'd like to go to IsraelTeam.org and go to the donate uh, button, and for any gift this month, 
We will either mail you this curriculum or you can uh, download it uh, free of charge on our website. So go to israelteam.org and you'll be blessed with this college campus curriculum. It'll bless your family and your children.